Hello, and welcome to the So Goes podcast with me, Dylan. And me, Rob. And in today's episode, we're speaking to the artist, Cienfue. Yeah, they were really good um, artists and um, they were talking about sort of their experiences growing up in Panama and like the, the whole music scene and there was loads of different things that have influenced the music and we just basically had a chat over that. Mm. So it's like really exciting is music and there's, it's a very party-based act. The party vibes are very strong at least on the new mm. music they've released anyway and it was really exciting as well to learn about the different things he faced growing up in Panama and the different sort of trials and tribulations he went to to become a musician so he was a really interesting artist and he's well worth your time checking out yeah if you like music that wants to make you dance also, what's exciting this week is because, unfortunately, after the last few weeks, we've not been able to post as many podcasts as we would originally have liked to, which is very unfortunate. But due to unforeseen circumstances, we haven't been able to facilitate that. And it's the same, unfortunately, because during those unforeseen circumstances, we we're also working on a very exciting project we can't await to announce to you all. So you will be getting this week multiple podcasts. So exciting times. Anyway, without further ado, let's welcome Cienfue to the So It Goes podcast. So anyway, greetings to all y'all from uh, sunny Panama City over here. Well, that is, I mean, the view, the listeners oh, you can can't... See the wave. You can see the wave breaking <laughs> right uh, there. I'm actually I jealous. Am so jealous. Blackpool looks like that. The, black, oh, yeah. <laughs> the listeners can't see it, no. so we'll have to describe it to them. But you are in probably mm. one of the most beautiful beach... Mm settings i think we've had in the podcast so far so well done man so right. like the thing we do first is so like people can get an idea of who we're talking to is if you could mm -hmm. sort of like introduce yourself and sure. talk a bit about your music and stuff it'd be great well hi guys uh, everybody listening this is cienfue from panama and i'm an independent indie uh, latin artist i've been writing songs and recording them for over 10 years and uh, toured all over Latin America, the U.S. Uh, we had a, like a festival in Spain one time also. That's, mm. I think the only time I've played in Europe is, is in Spain. Uh, and currently I'm in Panama City uh, surfing a lot, recording and putting out uh, new material all the time on Spotify. Oh, no, that's great, that, man. Mm. So, like, in the, in the current climate, it's quite hard to talk to people without addressing the elephant in the room. So I'm not sure if you know, but, but there's been a worldwide pandemic I know, going I on know. the last, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, we like were wondering how's it affected where you're based in Panama? Would you say it's impacted maybe on the music? Oh, definitely. Like all the musicians, all the friends of mine that are dedicated to making a living, you know, from from related crafts around the stage, uh, mm. you know, like 
the stage managers and the audio people, everybody has been affected from the closure of uh, public events, you know. But mm. uh, personally, I actually had it. I, I think I told you on the email, I had it a, a month ago. Yeah, it was really hard. Uh, I, my whole family had to leave my house and leave me there for like two weeks by myself. I'm so and, sorry, uh, man. I had a, yeah, they would just bring me food. I had a, uh, like a really bad fever in my joints. We call it rompehueso, like bone breaker here. Oh, yeah. That's a great word. <laughs> like rompehueso, you feel like in like your knees. Like your knees. So like, I was like, the first couple of days, I couldn't move my feet almost. I, I couldn't get up because my knees hurt so bad from the fever. Uh, but uh, luckily, after a couple of days, I was taking care of myself, a lot of ginger tea, and it didn't spread to my lungs. So it was, after the fever broke, after the first couple of days, it was all downhill, but still very tired all the time. Just like, the, and the two weeks after getting it, I was super tired also. Like, I'm still recovering. Just had a, a really good surf. And uh, I'm a little bit tired, but I'm, I'd say I'm, a, I'm about 98%. Uh, but yeah, and it took me like a month to recover. And here in Panama, we're still under like semi-lockdown, not many uh, public events. Uh, people are allowed to go to stores and stuff wearing a mask. But I would say similar to the UK, maybe, the, the measures. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's, it looks a lot controlled now, the amount of infections in Panama, at least. If you look up it, the little map on Google with the Panama graph, it's pretty good so far. That sort of like goes on to then as well, something we were talk we've spoken about to a lot of people. Mm. And it's sort of like in the live aspect of music as well, people seem to often forget is this amazing industry of like so many people who work on mm. events and stuff. And it's really impacted and affected when people haven't been able to like go and perform, do things like that. It's a whole industry and it's yeah. only just begun to open in the UK as we're doing this. Like there's been some tester events on. So it's all begin to open slowly where we are now. Yeah. But like for you, what do you think it'll be like when you're able to perform again? What do you think that feeling will be? When you walk oh, out I on this it. stage. Yeah. I miss it a lot. I was just posting like some pics of a festival we played a couple of years ago with like 15,000 people. Oh, and yeah. It was amazing. Uh, and you, I really miss that energy. Actually, we had a, we had a couple of, of fans in the practice room the other day uh, just to like have that feeling of having a little bit of audience in the room. And it was mm. amazing also. Like oh, they were wow. super stoked. And, and like when we invite people over for like a private session, they get super stoked and they like stoke us too, like give us like really good energy. So it was amazing. And and yeah, we're waiting to see what it turns into, you know, like the industry, like how, what our live show is going to look like, festivals, etc. I'm I'm still hopeful because I think it's just like spreading so fast that eventually they'll, they'll just be like, it can't be contained and that's it. We just like Singapore just did. They're like, we're just going to live with mm. COVID and like we're stopping testing and everything. Uh, so I'm hopeful, but uh, yeah, I really miss playing live. What we're doing this year with CMFOE actually is uh, with the CMFOE Whole Life in the Tropics album project. Uh, and yeah. We're recording, uh, we're, we're practicing right now a lot to do like a, like a YouTube live session, but it won't be live. It'll be pre-recorded, but just like a, like a concert on YouTube song by song. And we're working on that right now. Uh, we're actually like decorating this amazing room and we're recording to a live two inch tape, like analog tape. Uh, it's gonna be great. Uh, and painting the room orange and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
with like tropical plants. It's that kind of like inspired, fantastic. That like sounds amazing. Inspired, yeah, thank you. It's like a room inspired by the album. Yeah. Life in the tropics, but just like we're gonna record them live now. I have to say, man, because I've been listening to Life in the Tropics, mm. such an amazing piece of work. It's so it's just such a exciting like album and stuff. But yeah. the song itself is really cool. So I was just wondering thank if you, you could talk to that us a bit a about how you came up with that song. First of all, thank you, because that means a lot, especially coming from England. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of British music. And uh, yeah, we did this album. It's called Life in the Tropics. I call it Psychedelia Tropical, which is like a tropical psychedelic. And uh, what we're trying to do is, well, we, it's like 11, 10 songs. Uh, we did it on vinyl, too. And the vinyl actually sounds amazing. It, wow. It's combining diverse influences from both Anglo indie and uh, Latin American music, surf music, a lot of like Hawaiian sounds in there too. So for the Life in the Tropics album, we actually uh, recorded this group of tracks in a studio in New York called Strange Weather Studios. Mm. And uh, they have an amazing setup with uh, actually, they actually even they have all these vintage instruments but they actually had a real mellotron like this uh synthesizer that the beatles used to use on their albums that was the mm. first synthesizer with actual like loops of tape for each yeah. note so like that's what you hear also the flutes on the led zeppelin albums like stairway to heaven the flutes are played with that uh john paul jones used to play that so it's like a keyboard that each key is like a sample tape loop from like a person playing a note on a violin for instance and it oh, sounds wow. amazing <laughs> You can also hear it on, on Strawberry Fields Forever at, at the beginning, the chords. So we used a lot of that for some tropical chords also. That was amazing. And the production over there was really, really fun. And uh, I, I, after we did that, I edited. I, I like going to my studio and like editing it personally. So I edited it for like a year and a half at least. Because I just like going over every track and finding the best performances. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Finally, we mixed it with another guy in, Mex in Mexico City. And they actually, I, I did a couple of songs with him before. And uh, Phil Vinal was the producer of Placebo and uh, a bunch oh, of wow. English bands. And, and also in Mexico, he's the producer of Zoe. Zoe, the band who is like one of the top rock artists in Mexico. And uh, they have this studio. So like his protege sound engineer, uh, David Francis O'Gorman, did the mixing over there, which was also a ton of fun. We got to go to Mexico to mix it. And uh, we were going for this like surf, a tropical vibe, just like kind of like spreading yeah. the, the tropical energy, you know? And uh, f my first group of songs written in English as well, because I had over like 80 songs, but all in Spanish. And I was really nervous before releasing like Life in the Tropics, the first one, because we released a single first on Spotify. Super nervous because 99% of my audience was only Spanish speaking. So mm. I was... I was like, wow, will they, will they take it the right way? I don't know. Some fans are always pissed if you change anything. So it, actually, it was really well received. And, and from there, we just started releasing the singles. I really like uh, Sunset Sesh also. And uh, The Girl Is On Fire, uh, Serene. Serene is actually inspired by a wave over here, by surfing a wave over here. An actual uh, surf break that is called Serena. So it's like oh, Serene. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool, that man. Yeah. It sounds as 
well, like from how you're talking about, it was a real collaborative process. So, mm-hmm. like, do you enjoy like the aspect of working on music with different people? Yeah. Um, for this one, I flew with to the original recording with my drummer, and we've been playing together since we were like 15. So for like 15 years or more. <laughs> maybe like 20 years, uh, and uh, he did like percussion, keyboards, drums, and I did a bass, guitars, vocals, so we were there. And also with the producer from Strange Weather, who also uh, collaborated a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and right now I have a really big band also uh, for the live shows with, uh, with uh, Sherry Rose on backing vocals, and she does these like skirts uh, called polleras that are these like flapping skirts. Uh, kind of like Spanish skirts, but uh, Latin American, and uh, uh, yeah. and and I get to like collaborate with all these guys on my band. It's really cool too because they're all like all stars, uh, like local like legends of their own little <laughs> instruments, and uh, and we're making this you know this like I I call it it's like a tropical sound, but it's meant to be like internationalized. You know, it's meant for a consumption outside of Panama because <laughs> what we're trying to do is like project the the vibes uh, to people who need them, you know, in the cold countries, <laughs> like you need, a, you need a ray of sunshine. Like that's what we're looking to, to transmit, you know? It seems as well, you keep on talking about being inspired by or mm-hmm. writing Latin music. Mm-hmm. You feel yes. like, that's important for your music to have that sort of culture and heritage represented. Yes, totally. Um, I started out when I was uh, younger, I started out like my first solo album was in 2006, mm. uh, as, just as Cienfue for the artist name. And uh, I actually started as Latin rock, just like Latin alternative because there was a big genre for Latin alternative back then. And mm. I followed all these bands like uh, Aterciopelados, like Robi Draco Rosa, like um, Caifanes and Soda Stereo from Argentina. There was like a big Latin American rock movement. And it was amazing. Some of the best sounds ever, like 90s, 80s and 90s. And mm. uh, it kind of died right in like 2010-ish. It was like dead. And uh, I I came out of that current, which is Latin alternative section, basically, which is kind of like taking a Latin music roots and interpreting them through electric, electrified and amplified instruments. Mm. So I would learn all these, like, I would learn all these uh, guitar licks from like the interior of Panama of like traditional uh, guitar, like typical here in Panama, what we call it. And a kind of cumbia, vallenato, kind of like bass patterns from that. Uh, and I had a multiple, in, a lot of influences growing up uh, musically because uh, we call it like the melting pot culture. Panama is, is known as a melting pot because there's just like a, a third, uh, like everybody in Panama is from a different country. There's people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, we would go to parties like Quince Años, which are like the 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 Sweet 16, but in uh, yeah. Latin America, we, we celebrated uh, for 15, and, it, and they're called Quince Años, like 15 <laughs> wow. years. Yeah, as kids, we would go to all these uh, Quince Años parties, and the, the music would be insane because the DJs would, be, would play like a song by the Rolling Stones, like Start Me Up, but then like the next track would be like a salsa song by Ruben Blades, and the very next wow. track would be like a 
like a like a reggae in Spanish by like El General or one of the early like reggaeton mm. like like people. Uh, like in Panama, we have El General and Nando Boom, like reggae artists in Spanish. So I would have all these influences in my head. Like then, then they would go to like ACDC, then they would go to like to like another salsa song and stuff oh, like wow. that. Jerry Rivera or like Willy Colon. Well, I wish we had something like that over here in the UK. <laughs> How much I would have well, given for some quality music played at the mm. party when I was 15. When I was like imagining music in my head, I was I would always imagine like a bass line from like a salsa song, but then like a, like a beat, like a rock beat or like an element from rock and then another element from salsa, like a, like a salsa piano. Like in my head, they were all mixed together from, from this experience growing up with this kind of, yeah, like a, like a schizophrenic DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of and, describing it, man. Yeah, and I think as well, like, like I think that's probably also sort of, it's good because you can pick apart when you sort of like properly listen to different music, like you've said there, where you get a beat from one thing, a beat from another. You can craft something that is truly yours and you sort of, you're happy with because like, you could, it's hard to explain. Have Dylan got- knows exactly where I'm going with this. But the words have just completely gone out of my mouth. You've, I uh, can try and ask the question for you. I'll try no, and channel you can, no, it's some just of like, your brainwaves from like yeah, through the computer are, screen. Through the computer no, screen. I think I've got it. I think I've no, got, got it. Got it. Right. right. This, this you, better be good now, man. No, no, it's like, it's really interesting how you said that because like listening to the music, there are like really complicated bass lines. It's like you've been inspired by loads of different individual things like the guitar tone will be a specific way and you'll have potentially pick that up from going, oh, well, I want Led get exactly in sounding guitars, but then like grooves or a bass or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting you mentioned that the DJs would mix like pop songs with like Latin songs. Yeah, man, it's cra- it was crazy because you'd be dancing as kids, like you were encouraged to dance, but then you'd be like dancing like ACDC, you shook me all night long, and then the next track is like, like reggae, like m- not modern reggaeton, but like early Latin American reggae, like El General, boom, 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 and like the mixture of of rhythms was just really crazy. Now that I, now that you look back on it, I actually have a playlist on Spotify uh, called Quince Años Nostalgia. I'll send it to you. It's, it's got like me, like. Kind of like, uh, kind of, I, I recreated kind of like the experience. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that right. cool. So if you were writing a song, say, like, would you, would you come up with the beat first or would you come up with the lyrics? How, like, how would you structure it if you had to write a song like today? Well, yeah. well, let me give you an introduction because like when I first, I picked, first picked up a guitar at like 15 and that was like full uh, 90s uh, Nirvana on MTV, you know? Mm. And all I wanted was to write songs. So like ever since I picked up an instrument, all I've been interested in, in, not particularly interested in getting really good at it, just competent enough to be able to write good songs. And uh, I started writing songs since the moment I picked up a guitar, just like writing chord progressions or like coming up with new chord progressions. And uh, so now I keep a, like a journal and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have like, I'll have like song ideas or song titles that come to mind or li- or certain lines that I like. Uh, and I'm writing down this every day. 
And uh, sometimes they're like a, like a jigsaw puzzle pieces. So I'll have like a couple of good titles here and then I'll, I'll come up with a riff one day and be like, oh, this would be a really good match with this title. And then sort of like, start of to like uh, connect the, the different pieces together. Uh, mm. And that's how kind of like how they're born. And then I'll jam like one with the band and it'll sound like a certain way. The drummer will want to do something different. Uh, so they start come together organically kind of like that. So now I feel like we've been keeping you away for too long and we've probably taken up too much of your time. So if we try and wrap this up with a few questions, we ask out like all the people who we've spoken to. Wait, I have a question for you guys. How did you find my music? That's oh. interesting. <laughs> well, that's normally me who finds yeah. the artist's uh, music. So we, because like the whole point of this project we were doing is supposed to be like a celebration of music and like the arts and culture from like all around the world and sort of like everything we've been able to offer and things like that during the like crazy world we live in. So I'm often scouring Spotify playlists and articles and posts <laughs> and blogs and things like that. And I think I found your music. It might have been on Spotify. I think I, I think it might have even been Life in the Tropics was the one I'd listened to first. And it just took me like by surprise. It's, it's such an, I think that's one of the most fun songs listened to this year. You can just uh, tell yeah. everyone who's made that song, like <laughs> writing record, you, you must have just had so much fun just uh, making it is such a and everything you spoke about it just completely sums it up it's just yeah that so one just came to together listen. man that one just came together with a little guitar riff and the bass line and and like the it was just a very primal song mm. and uh and the lyrics are very personal also I, I i put a little a couple of lines in there about about the invasion of panama actually i lived through the invasion in 89 it was crazy too Wow, there's a line from there like we'll drop the bombs in uniforms, cities go dark. I thought that <laughs> that was more of like a metaphorical bomb. Lord, but like, yeah, I, I didn't I, know it was an actual bomb. I was heavily influenced by that, uh, <laughs> also by that. Uh, and uh, Panama's actually done very well since since we managed to to end. Like thanks to that invasion, the military dictatorship was ended, and that mm. was actually really good for Panama. So I'm not complaining, but it was. But it was an insane event. It's been uh, scary stuff. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I always like I always write uh, stuff about that. I, a lot of my songs have like little lines about that in there. Uh, so it's like kind of like you have like the the tropical like positive vibes on the surface, but then there's a little of a little bit of like experiences in mm -hmm. the old niches. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if we're able to talk about that, because I didn't know you, but like that was an event you would have lived through. But yeah, like, I was I was 12 in 89 and uh, oh, wow. it was crazy man just to see like the the just military forces going at each other and like bullets at night there would be like tracer bullets going by my window and it looked like Star Wars like like wow. literally they looked like laser beams like red and and red and green laser beams because the bullets have this phosphorescent tip yeah. that glows in the dark like to see where you're aiming 
they're called tracer bullets and like it would be like the whole sky like lit up with like it looked like star wars it was crazy that's <laughs> so mad that and like i i have another experience where there was like an attack helicopter like an american like apache helicopter like hovering in front of my window and the for, but for like hovering for like two hours like mm. just like, sitting there and i could like see the pilot and we're like hey everything cool like cool yeah and the guy's like yeah cool like he's just like monitoring all the buildings <laughs> <It's> crazy <laughs> so like i mean yeah. coming I like, from the uk yeah, like it's almost hard to even <laughs> imagine what it would have been like for me that age going mm-hmm. up through something like that. So, but overall, like Panama before the invasion was getting really scary from like a really bad military mm-hmm. dictatorship. So everybody I knew was in favor of the intervention. Yeah, literally, like please save us because these people are crazy. They were like the military dictatorship was disappearing people every week and uh, people I know would like disappear and be That's... found like with their head cut off or something. And uh, was, we were like living in a lot of fear. And when mm. the Americans invaded, it was like, Oh, thank God it's over. And they took away the dictator. And like, mm. we had like the, the winners of the actual democratic election were put into power. So like the, the country's done really well for the last 20 years. Mm. Uh, and I can't say that, that, that we would be doing that well if we had just like let the military dictatorship continue because because nobody would have taken them out of power ever mm. and uh, and uh, so I'm kind of grateful for that but at the same time the experience was so traumatic that it was like just like engraved in my subconscious you know I saw like like columns of helicopters flying by like you know like columns of tanks rolling into the city and stuff I was just going to say it shows like how <laughs> well. It shows your character and mm. your like ability as a person to be able to grow and develop from that. Because mm. I'd feel a lot like I probably wouldn't be able to make so much amazing music as you're doing now. So I think that's a big well done to you, man, to be able mm. to carry on like that. So Yeah, I was going to, um, sorry, I was going to add in as well that like, it's one of them things that like, I don't know, obviously, from personal experience, because we've not had military interventions and fascist dictatorships in the UK <laughs> yet. Yet, there's always <laughs> with, with Boris in, that could change. But no, it's like, it's really interesting because I know some people who uh, lived in East Germany in the Cold War, and culturally, they said they they'll go on about how it. They even still now feel like because of the events of the Cold War, that affected sort of how people from that part of Germany did things. Because obviously they had secret police there that would do the same yeah. thing, make people disappear. So it's there a really interesting... There was a connection between that because mm. I remember right when the invasion happened is when the Berlin Wall was coming down. It was like mm. the same year. Uh, and yeah, they lived like with the secret Stasi police and it was crazy. Mm. We had something like that over here. It wasn't, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a really hardcore military dictatorship that was just killing all the opposition. So like you couldn't, and, and you are just a target. Uh, everybody was a target and mm. it was just a matter of time until they killed a bunch of people. So we were just like, a lot of people we knew like fled to Miami and stuff, but uh, we hadn't had the chance to go. And we were like thinking maybe, but eventually the invasion happened before we had a chance to flee. Uh, 
but yeah, it was heavy, man. And uh, really happy that that everybody in my family made it out okay. Also, I can imagine as well, like the because it must have been very hard to have music and culture in a dictatorship. So I can imagine mm. as that changed, that must have been a big shock for you being a child as well. It's kind of like COVID freedom. now. Yeah. It's kind of like COVID now where they have the lockdowns. We have military dictatorship lockdowns. It was like, mm. <laughs> like people want to bring down the, the every, everybody, like 90% of the population was against the dictatorship. But like, Everybody wanted to like get together and talk and like come up with ways to take them out of power. So they would just like do like a lockdown. Like nobody, eh, nobody can leave their house after 6 p.m. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then if you were out after that, the, they would just like lock you up. Yeah. If there was one album you could listen to for the rest of your life, oh, that's a hard. What one. would that one be? <laughs> Oh, that's crazy, because then if it's only one album, you'll get tired of it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sh Wow, I've been listening to a lot of different stuff lately. It's really hard to pick. A one album for the rest of your whole life. Hmm. Ooh, I have several, like, crazy Latin American choices also. I have, mm. I have several in my head. A hmm, which one do I pick? I could say a Soda Stereo, which is an Argentinian band I really like. Uh, and the album is called Sueño Stereo, like Dream in Stereo. Mm. It's, it's like a late 90s uh, Argentinian rock uh, three-piece. And it's amazing, an amazing album. That sounds great, man. What appeals to you about that album? And what's like the main idea about that? Ooh, the, the album is called... Sueño Estéreo because it's like a dream. So like they did a lot of these like, like almost like binaural beats stuff going. And uh, the guitarist Gustavo Cerati is a legend. He died already from a, he had like a stroke after a show in Venezuela a couple of years back. But he was playing arenas. They were playing like arenas of like 200,000 people and everybody just chanting their songs. And he's like a really cool like guitar player, kind of like a Pink Floyd-ish vibe with these crazy guitar loops and just the, his vocal is amazing. Uh, just like a really soulful voice and the drummer's really good on there. The bass player, they're just like choice. They're like a trio. Mm. And uh, I'll send you the link for that album. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm. I will be checking that out. So mm -hmm. like another thing we ask people is dream collaborations. Which mm. artists would you love to work with, collaborate with, and write with, perform with? Oh, wow. Uh, right now, oh man, I really like uh, like Arcade Fire, like that kind of oh, like... Yeah. Uh, also like Bomba Stereo, I don't know if you've listened to them, they're from Colombia. I have they're like listened to them actually, they're very good. Uh, I, I went to this concert in, in Bogota a couple of years ago, where it was like Bomba Stereo opening for Arcade Fire, and it wow. blew my mind. Yeah, it blew my mind. Uh, just like to do something with them would be amazing. Uh, ooh, flies, it's getting sweaty over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that I think Arcade Fire, like people, like like bands doing stuff now. I really like Arcade Fire. I really like like Tame Impala, uh, mm. and uh, and uh, what's the name of the other band? Uh, Flaming Lips. Those are great oh, bands. Yeah. I would love to do something with one of them. Uh, 
or Bomba Stereo also, that's a little bit closer. So that's cool. <laughs> that is really cool, man. So I think all there is left to say now is thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. And it's been great to talk to you about all of the different things of music. And we genuinely w wish you all the best with the concert <laughs> and stuff because it sounds fantastic, some of the things you do. All right. Thanks a lot, you guys. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, cool, man. Uh, cool. So good vibes to England. Once again, a massive thank you to Cienfuey for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to him, and we wish him all the best. So make sure to check him out, as he makes some wonderful music. As with all of our artists, you will be able to find their socials below. Make sure to subscribe to the Circo's podcast to never miss an episode. To play us out, we have Cienfuey with Life in the Tropics, El Factor Remix. Thank you for listening.
Thank you.